Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Reimagining Roswell, a pure fandom podcast. I am one of your hosts, Liz Prue, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. Hey. And we are totally geeking out for today's Roswell podcast. If you haven't joined or listened to our two previous podcasts, we are super excited about the quote-unquote reboot, but we are calling reimagining of the Roswell TV series that was on the WB and going to now be on the CW, helmed by um, executive producer and writer Karina Adley-McKenzie of Originals and TVD fame. And um, yeah, we're just really pumped. So we've talked about the cast, what we know about the show so far, and today we're going to talk about um, the actual Roswell incident and all the cool news and fun stuff like that around it that could possibly influence the show. Which is super, super fun and exciting and like tinfoil hat time. Yes, definitely. I was like, I don't know what I'm, if this will be something, like when we talked about it initially, I was like, well, is there enough to like fill a podcast? There's too much. Like, we might need a second podcast just to, like, discuss the Roswell incident. Yes. <laughs> There's so much stuff. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Because there's so much that we can dive into. I don't, I don't even know where to start. Well, I think we should start in the summer of 1947. <gasps> oh. When a rancher discovered an unidentifiable debris in his sheep pasture outside of Roswell, New Mexico. Wait, was that good? That was amazing. <laughs> okay. Did we tee that up and plan it? I don't know, guys. I don't the know. We never know. So, yeah, basically this farmer dude, he found a bunch of junk in his, like, pasture. And it was, like, a disc and, like, all this debris. And that's actually the event that, like, the Roswell High books are based on. Like, that's where the three alien kids came from, from this you know, Roswell incident, mm-hmm. which is super cool. So like I said, it was found on his farm and then they had like all of these like secret meetings and it kind of like spurred all of the, the drama around it, which if you read the books or you've watched the show, like the, the sheriff and all of that is really tied into it. So it's like already so inspired just by that little, little nugget of information. So it's super cool. Like, what would you do if you found, if you found stuff in your backyard? Would you call the sheriff? Would you be in on it? Well, I think at that time, um, which it's, I keep for forgetting, which is so silly to say I forget the mindset of people back in 1947. But if you found all this stuff in 1947, you've never seen this type of material before, um, which later, um, like, talking 10 years ago it was finally released that the government was doing had this project called project mogul and they were doing all this like secret testing to try and like spy on all the russians and stuff but they were using this material that no one had ever seen before and so it looked like it was and it dropped from the sky so it looked like it was from outer space and we'll dive into like what it actually was and all that stuff later but if i were someone that saw that and my view of the world was so small. Like, I mean, we hadn't even gone to the moon at that point. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure UFOs and aliens just dropped in the middle of frickin' nowhere. 
Right. And like, if you think, I don't know, I always think like the very, like Pleasantville, the movie was very obviously like fictitious, but that whole mindset of like, la di da, white picket fences and, and all of that, like you wouldn't think like, oh yeah, no, like the government is hiding all this stuff. Like we do now, like we're so quick to jump to a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Like back then they're just like, oh, better call the sheriff and report this. And I think I would just, I don't know what I would do now. I think you're right back then. It's just such a mysterious thing to happen and you don't really know. And it, like, what would you do? What would you do now? Well, if you think about um, conspiracy theories that were around at that time or before then, they weren't to the level they are now, whereas the press has such a major influence on conspiracy theories. And back then, the closest thing to a conspiracy theory would be a legend or like, you know, an Mm -hmm. urban legend, myth. Um, So it was kind of the first time, one of the first times where the I believe the press were involved in something of supernatural flair, you know, like, and actually reporting on it and being a person during that time, if the press is reporting on something, oh, I mean, of course, everything today is fake news, so you can't trust the press. Nope. Mm-hmm. Vomit. Um, <laughs> sorry, we won't get political. I'm just saying my one jab. Um, but I think back then, you know, what the press said was true. So if the press is reporting on this and saying, well, was this an alien? That's going to just set off a wildfire of common folk thinking, oh shit, maybe it is an alien. Well, there was an actual headline in the Roswell Daily Record, which was a newspaper back then, Mm -hmm. might still be. It said, they captured a flying saucer on a ranch in Roswell region. They're just like, boom, aliens. Aliens. Yeah, welcome. They're here. <laughs> yeah. I saw it. I ain't never seen that metal before. And aliens. Yeah. And like they kind of go, there's like a whole article is on the front page and it says there's no details about it. But the headline is like, no aliens. <laughs> right. No details, but it's, it's real. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it's not. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. This is before, you know, Star Trek, which was like the first space pop culture thing really um i bet this probably inspired it in some way like who knows oh yeah so i think that's important to keep in mind when thinking about the roswell incident because before you're like oh a bunch of wackadoos out in new mexico back in the late 40s thought there were aliens well i mean think about their mindset at the time and how nothing like this had ever happened before well and it seems like it's picking back up so like the interest in it, not just because of, you know, the books and the TV shows in the last couple of decades, but just in general cover-ups and things like that and getting, didn't they like unlock some of the, um, the documents about aliens or that was something that was going to be released research that they did at some point? Yeah. There, so there's a ton of different research. Um, let's hop to, um, the alien autopsy hoax. <clears throat> Uh, because so in 1995 there was some film footage um, apparently that showed an alien autopsy and it was claimed to have been taken by a U.S. military official shortly after the incident was released Um, and of course this footage was like people were like all about it and they said oh my god it aired on television networks around the world and then um, like 11 years later in 2006 the guy that originally released the film admitted it was a reconstruction 
But he stayed true to his claim that it was based on, again, this is me paraphrasing Wikipedia, based on genuine footage that is now lost. And apparently some of the original frames have survived. Um, and so there's some more like fictional versions of this footage that have been released since then. Um, but it's stuff like this to where, like, is that footage actually hidden? you know with the government like we don't know are they just saying like oh yeah are they just playing on the naiveness and um i don't want to say stupidity because that's not the right word i guess just the uh i don't know the uninformed lack of knowledge yeah. yeah lack of knowledge the uninformed mindset of people of the 40s like oh yeah this was actually what was going on like it wasn't an actual alien autopsy this is another conspiracy theorist but I don't know. Then there's a whole deal where um, there's new technology nowadays. Um, and of course, and so people are trying to reanalyze some of the photographs of the telegram held by the general, um, General Ramey during his 1947 press conference. Um, and so they were hoping to get some verbiage from that that would actually prove what really happened. Um, but nothing was legible. They weren't able to make anything out. Not to be like a total wiener, but I find all of this terrifying. <laughs> like it's scary. Um, no, it's not terrifying. And here's the reason why. So um, I know we want to talk about kind of how a lot of authors have analyzed just this whole conspiracy theory phenomenon and how there's like a myth-making process. So are there, there are these um, skeptics, Joe Nickel and author James McGahey, that um, identified a myth-making process that they call the Roswellian syndrome. And so it's a syndrome when a myth is proposed to have five stages of development. So there's like the incident, the debunking of the incident, submergence, mythologizing, and reemergence. And then, of course, the media bandwagon effect. So it, this kind of goes in a loop. And I feel like right now which is probably why the show is being revived as well we're in that um re-emergence stage mm -hmm. with this because um a lot of intergalactic news has happened as of late so you know of course there's elon musk he's going to mars his business actually has a dedicated budget to going like they have mars dollars like mars money and regular money it's weird. That doesn't scare you. No, but. it's terrifying. And here's why it's terrifying. Sorry. To, to make this all to full circle to, to my answer to why, yes, it terrifies me. My answer to you on why it terrifies me. So last year, NASA detected seven Earth-like planets 40 light years away. Okay. And people are like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. Um, couple of things. Like, let's let's just look at it real quick from you know, these Earth-like planets perspective, okay? Say you are an intelligent being on one of these Earth-like planets 40 light years away and you see us and you're like, oh my gosh, there could be intelligent life. Like I'm going to travel light years and I'm going to waste, you know, a lot of time and effort coming to see this intelligent life. Like you're going to want to learn some shit. When you see that our greatest achievements are like Snapchat, um... I don't know, Sandals Resorts <laughs> and like the freaking Kardashians. Brothers. Like they're going to blow us up. Like this is terrifying. Yes. 
I don't want any alien species to come here. We have nothing to offer. What if they're already here, though? Well, then, I mean, they're planning to blow us up. And they're just trying (laughs) to take all the good stuff before it happens. That could explain, like, every crazy bonkers thing about the human race it's just like we have been poisoned for years by aliens since I don't know, girl. have you Wait, seen what? alien covenant I'm in, a phase. I'm in one of the phases i'm in the the myth phase you're in the myth phase mm-hmm. the roswellian thing um no i have not do you want to know why i haven't seen that movie i will tell you this i am actually terrified of the cosmos in general what the, Come on. the vastness of our universe and even just like our immediate not even talking like elon musk style crap that's going on or like the seven planets you just mentioned like it's scary there's so much that we don't know i think that's why theories like this just get so big and and, you know it's so fueled by people's fear and wonder and like your side of it where you think it's so cool and awesome and where i'm like holy shit this is terrifying that like this isn't just like you know oh, vampires it's like this this could be real this could be happening <laughs> it's like totally possible well vampires it's, could have been an alien species that landed here and then we just started calling them vampires oh my god girl you don't know you're like ruining my day this no this is supposed to inspire you you are a sci-fi fantasy author a published author Yes, that's true, but I'm also not going to sleep for like three to six Mm -hmm, weeks mm -hmm. after this podcast, just FYI, full disclosure, but like it's fascinating, but also terrifying and like I can totally see why the author of these books, why she was like, she looked at this event and was like, oh yeah, I can, I can make this mine and having all three characters tied to this event because this event is already so like cool and big and like full of mystery and then throwing some teen angst in there like oh my god I it know. sells itself Liz it just sells itself it sells itself <laughs> um, well to make you feel a little bit better let's just talk about Project Mogul and then we can kind of dive into how the show yeah. can pull from all of these so to ease your conscience and so you can actually sleep tonight because you're finishing your second book and you need rest um this is from the History Channel, so this is legit, guys. It turned out that the Army knew more about the quote-unquote flying saucer than they revealed. Um, so since World War II, a group of geophysicists and oceanographers from Columbia University, New York, and some other fun places, um, had been working on a top-secret atomic espionage project at New Mexico's Alamogordo Airfield that they called Project Mogul. Now, Project Mogul used sturdy high-altitude balloons to carry low-frequency sound sensors into the tropopause, a faraway part of the Earth's atmosphere that acts as a sound channel. In this part of the atmosphere, sound waves can apparently travel for thousands of miles without interference, like under the ocean. And so the scientists believe that if they could, or if they sent microphones into this channel, they would be able to eavesdrop on nuclear tests, like in the Soviet Union and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is why, um, sorry, I'm actually getting a FaceTime call from my brother right now. I just declined it. Is it your brother? I apologize. Or is it the government because of what you're talking about, Liz? <laughs> They're everywhere. I'm sorry, I forgot to turn my sound off. Um, okay. My bad. So, uh, yeah. So, because of that, um, 
that, that should like put your mind at ease. Basically, it was a government project, and that's why the material looked so foreign. Um, and we actually use a lot of that material still today. And when people well, thought there were saucers and why they came from the sky. I appreciate you thinking that that was at all comforting. You're welcome. Um, but nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, girl. I still seen <laughs> the Cosmos TV show. Okay. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson don't mess around. <laughs> yeah. No. Craziness. Yeah. And, and like the fact that like some of these people that were involved in it are still alive. But like nobody's talking about what really happened and here here I am jumping right into this craziness like full-blown but like there I was looking at the Wikipedia page for the actual incident and there's this nuclear physicist and the fact that there's all these like top tier people with like big ass brains who are like let me pay attention to this that to me is just like a red flag of like authentic crazy (laughs) shit happened (laughs) like the fact that all these like big smart people are like let's talk about Roswell like that should be an indicator that there was something bigger going on than we know my god I sound crazy but whatever no you Um, don't sound crazy well it could have been something to where what if a satellite fell from space you know what if it was like a Soviet satellite and they were trying to hide the fact that the Russians were further along than we were in um the space race in the space race yeah what if that was part of the space race so there's that too that's a possibility, I think, right? Unless it, yeah. if it if it survived falling through the atmosphere and some, you know, shrapnel fell. But it had a balloon on it, so it was like a flying saucer. So apparently, whatever was that crashed in that pasture, it was like a flying saucer, but it had a, a balloon, like a yes, like an air balloon type thing on it to slow it down or something. But like, why would a satellite have that? Why would an alien have an air balloon? Because he wants to get to Earth safely and see the sights a la, like, Mary Poppins loftily floating down. Loftily? I just find it... Gazing upon the pastures. (laughs) I don't find it believable that an alien has a balloon. So how do you think they would slow down to get to, to Earth in 1947 alien days? I just think they would have some sort of, like, hoverboard technology that would slow them down before they touch the ground. Well, maybe they do now. Maybe they is just, you know, working on stuff. But the, so they had the same like, stuff we did? They had the same, like, they had balloons? Possibly. Or maybe this was just, like, some rando alien teen who was like, I'm going to Earth. <laughs> and he just, like, messed it all up. And he, like, built it himself in his garage and, you know, Alienville. And mm-hmm. he just floated on down. But yeah, I, mean, I guess there was a balloon. And I think that, that to me is, that's not satellite. Like, why would a satellite have a balloon? Wait, well, well, rockets have balloons. Like, before Elon Musk was able to um, actually land a rocket that launched into space, when um, an astronaut comes back from space and they're in their little pod, a balloon Mm -hmm. pops out of that. Maybe that's inspired by this alien. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So, um, fair point. Touche. So how do you think this can all get played into Roswell? I think it would be really cool if they were able to, like, in the show, if they took a lot of these conspiracy theories to influence the different storylines, like, if they were able to render one of the photos, like, they, in real life, we actually did, and maybe someone in the photo was, like, Nathan Parsons. 
I think, yes, Nathan Parsons should be added to as many photos in the whole world yes. that he can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I see what you're saying. Like, if they have, like, one of the – so if they have, like, an autopsy picture and, like, he's just, like, fuzzily in the background because they were there, like, at that time. Right. If, if the lore is similar, if they use the same 1947 crash, which I'm guessing they will because it's awesome. Oh, um, yeah. I think that would be really cool to have them kind of put into these pictures so that anyone investigating in the town would be like, oh, my God, that's that guy who bagged my groceries. He's an alien. You know, (laughs) it was a terrible, terrible example. But that really hot guy in the produce section, I think he's an alien. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's also like raises the point if you were an alien and you crash, why would you stay in the like the most popular alien-esque town ever wouldn't you be like hey, i'm gonna i'm gonna move to illinois <laughs> I'm right. go, I'm on a farm. well i think it could be a couple things hiding in plain sight right so the classic trick there um so you can kind of debunk it as just silly you know um especially if they're in this phase of you're like the town cuckoo if you actually believe in this alien stuff and also maybe um they're a part of maybe the local people know that they're aliens and they've just kind of made a deal you know like we if you stay here and don't like go do your alien stuff anywhere else like you can stay and be safe and know your enemy yeah know your enemy um i think that that's definitely a possibility that someone's going to know like in either the military or the police force know that they're aliens like it would be cool if in the show project mogul quote unquote was the government it wasn't them trying to do this like audio wave stuff where they were spying on the soviets um but they were trying to tap into the aliens powers and use them to spy on the russians or whoever and they kind of just use them as tools i don't know that that could be something like for spy shit i don't know like they they know they're there that's why they're they're not busting them because they are using it and they're tapping mm-hmm. into it. Well, and like I just started reading the books. Also, another reason that they could be staying in the town on the show. I, I know kind of know why they're doing it in the books, but um, it maybe it's because they need their debris, like they need some that stuff from their planet. Because I know oh to like survive. Yeah, I know there's. I've read like some of the the book synopsis from like a couple books away, but mm-hmm. there's like things that they still need from their home planet, and maybe their ship is usable enough that they can go there. Or I don't know how they're going to do it on the reimagining, but maybe that's why too. Like they they need to stay as close as they can to to their stiff because it's going to help them down the road. That would be the most logical thing I would think. You know, we are all about logic here on our creepy right? conspiracy right. series. Well, and it would make sense, too, because if they need to be close to their stuff in order to maintain their being and be alive, um, maybe the government has control of it. And so they've made a deal with them to where we'll allow you to, like, you know, smell your shrapnel if you don't, like, murder <laughs> anybody. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like the smell leverage. Hold your, smell your shrapnel. It's like the lever. Why does everything have to come back to smelling with us? I don't know. I don't know. Because maybe we just really want to know what Nathan Parsons smells like. 
that's going to be my goal. And it's not going to be a creepy thing. Like, you know, we're married. I just kind of want to know what he smells like. Like, are you musky? Just want a whiff. Yeah. Just a, a tiny whiff. Or do you got a little floral scent to you? I don't know. He might have a soft side. Soft side. Maybe it's fabric softener. Maybe it's alien DNA. We don't know at this point because he could really be an alien because they could be everywhere. Oh, my God. I'm going to get you the book that Neil deGrasse Tyson wrote, and it's called, I think it's called Astronomy for Dummies or Astronomy for something. I don't know, but I ordered it. It's a lot to consume, but you'll find comfort in it. I don't know that I will, Liz, but I appreciate the gesture. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that, like, just doing this episode of the podcast has, like, spiraled me into all of this crazy, like, (laughs) alien stuff. I mean, you're welcome, world, because now I'm crazy. There better be, like, a character who's just, like, fucking wackadoo in the town, running around, basically spouting the same stuff I just did about how they could be everywhere. Oh, there there has to be, because that's like paying homage to, you know, the OG incident. Exactly. And I'm here to tell you that that is a real mindset when you read about aliens, apparently, because authentic right here. Well, no, you need no to formal talk- training. You need to talk to our co-founder, Lindy, because she would have, sorry if I'm saying this, Lindy, but whatever, she would have nightmares about aliens, legitimately terrified. Then she watched Contact with Jodie Foster, and she, like, loves him now. She loves space. You know, Jodie Foster, she can really just wrap your your head around anything. Mm-hmm. She's like comfort food, but visually. Yes. Go to Jodie. Go to Jodie. Have you seen it? No, I told you, aliens, scary. But that, it like, say, it fixed it for her. Do you know what might fix it for me? Parent Trap. I'll watch that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Good play. Well, um... I just that I know that was like a lot to consume for everyone that's listening if you're even still with us or if you're like in a ball in a corner because you're scared of aliens um I think that they it would be really cool if they played on these conspiracy theory uh incidents I guess in addition to the UFO original UFO incident and use that as part of the plot of the show it would be great if Nathan Parsons and the other aliens um like, what if they actually worked with the government initially, um, and then there was, like, a falling out, and now they're just hiding in plain sight because those people back then have since passed, so they kind of get, like, a reboot. They get to start over. Um, I'd also like to know how they dive, how they will dive into that because I would assume they're not immortal, but they age slower differently so if they're living in this small town how do they not how do they not like get noticed yeah that's a good question because if they do obviously it's set the current like i'm reimagining a set now as far as i can tell i mean i don't know if you've heard anything different i feel like it's a current like present day show yes and if they're tying it to this event uh, yeah, I just wonder, like, if the aging is an issue. Maybe they move, they have since moved back since Nathan Parsons is a cop, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they've moved back, like, in high school, you know? So they're just kind of, like, high school to now, but then he hasn't really aged since high school, so, like, what's the deal there? Because I know we talked about, um, like, what if... Uh, 
the new Liz, what if her character and Nathan grew up together, but they can't really grow up together. So maybe he shows up Vampire Diary style in like high school and then he allows his scruff to grow out for when he's a cop. So he looks older. I don't know. I need to know. That's definitely possible. I kind of hope that he shows up like Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. A fog grows in. A crow. His, his crow flies in. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll have like a parrot because he's a little happier of a dude. Mm-hmm. Like a squawky parrot. Yeah. And then. A parrot? Then he can't have a crow. He'd be a hawk for show. Oh, he would be an excellent hawk. He would be a hawk because he's like a protector, but I feel like he'd F someone up if he needed to. That's accurate. I don't know if they have hawks in New Mexico. Maybe that could be one of the creepy things that happens. There aren't any hawks in New Mexico, but whenever Nathan and his smells are around, a hawk shows up. In his smells. So he wouldn't have fog. He would have, have like an aromatherapy candle. Yes. Wafting in the breeze. Yes. It's like an incense. Yes. yes. Incense. Yes. Okay. I'm on board with that. So like, I know it freaks me out and I know it's scary. And it, listeners, don't be afraid. Karina will take care of us, but I, I really do hope that they include a lot of the stuff that we talked about, like Project Mogul, just even that little snippet of this is mm-hmm. so interesting and like consuming. So like that could be like a whole season on, on itself, like just the ties that the Roswell characters would have to that. And like they have like an oceanographer and all of this stuff, like there's so many different facets of the actual project mogul Mm -hmm. that they could use and like the eavesdropping and like the nuclear tests and all of this stuff like oh my gosh that's that's tv gold i love it totally agree and you also just made me think about so um tyler blackburn's character Mm -hmm. remind me he is an alien correct no he's not an alien no he was military Right. Who was the one that's alien. oh the other guy's the alien that um didn't grow up like uh Michael yeah Michael so he that's was right in okay. care. because I was like wait a minute if they need to be close to the site to like live how did he how did he go overseas and be in the army but it doesn't matter because um he's not an alien but that also led me to think this if we do do the whole project mogul thing and we have this military tie now with Tyler Blackburn's character that could tie into. Um, the quote-unquote project mogul of the Roswell um, TV show. And yes. maybe he knows some secrets too. And Nathan Parsons is involved because he was maybe involved in the original project mogul back in the day when he landed there. Then he left to get away because shit went down. And then maybe some other stuff discovered overseas. And that's why Tyler Blackburn's so messed up. And him and Nathan Parsons have some scenes together. And then we just have scenes with just those two just together in a scene. Being beautiful. Close ups. Mm -hmm. So we need to hear what they're saying and stuff. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Smell them from the screen. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) the other thing, like all of that sounds awesome. I love the military tie-in. But, like, did you – I know you talked about Project Mogul, but, like, the fact that they were – the actual project itself was using low-frequency sound sensors to, like, spy on things, like, that sounds more alien than some of the stuff in the Roswell High books. So, like, I feel like that's something they could absolutely use for storylines or, 
like it's actually alien stuff but you know that's just me being creepy me again no i think that's a really good point because um karina did say in our interview with her that she really wanted to pull from real world issues that we have today to make it relevant to today's audience Mm -hmm. and you know with the whole privacy and data stuff going on right now that is a really good point to bring up you know what if they talk into that like is it right to tap into people's privacy um sounds a may sound a little boring to some people but uh it's not the first time we've seen it in sci-fi kind of supernatural stuff um there's uh like in was it dark knight i think it was dark knight which isn't really supernatural but you know it's comic booky um remember morgan freeman has the sees the technology that batman has where they can like tap into everyone's phones and find out where people are and he's like no one should have this much power and then he destroys it after mm-hmm. you know that's it's kind of like that like what if um there's that whole metaphor they can bring that in with project mogul you know to draw from the original project mogul stuff there there are so many possibilities well even just like the aliens in the book in roswell high like they have some sort of like telekinetic connection Mm -hmm. to see like kind of the parallels of like yes they're going sorry the conspiracies make me a little froggy um (laughs) (laughs) so like they're going up against the government for being evasive and and doing all this testing and and things like that but like they also have the ability to tap into other people's stuff when without their permission so kind of seeing the parallels that the show could run on the aliens natural powers while the aliens fight probably the government because that's usually how it goes down um you know, they're kind of doing the same stuff that the government is trying to do too, but because their intentions are better, mm-hmm. it's kind of like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy in this situation because they potentially both could be invasive and, you know, tapping into people's emotions is just as invasive as listening to their conversations. <gasps> Magdalena. I'm sorry. It's my tinfoil. Get it, girl. Yes. You're welcome, y'all. Dropping some wisdom. Very, I love very that. Excited. I'm getting so excited. When will we find out if this is getting picked up? What's the deal I don't know. there? I've decided it has. So there you go, universe. Maybe I've, that's why iZombie and the 100 haven't been picked up yet because they're like figuring out sketches. Yeah, their schedule at CW is mystifying. Not even sure how they like get all these shows on. I think Roswell would be a great summer show and not to it's not an insult to be a summer show no to me in this day and age game of thrones uh-huh. was a summer show oh yeah and like falling skies on tnt i don't mm-hmm. know if you watched that with um what's his name from er noah wiley mm-hmm. that was an alien show that was awesome and it was like kind of like this hot and sweaty like danger tastic alien thing like it worked really well in the summer i think Roswell would be a great like hot sticky summer shirtless show what who said that but <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> hey pretty little liars was a summer show initially yeah and I think historically like advertisers didn't like doing that it didn't like it wasn't prime time but I don't know the way people consume tv nowadays like put it in the summer people will watch it that's it's all different. people want to do yeah it's a whole different ballpark now and I, it's actually more of an opportunity to amplify your show even more because you're not competing with all these other fall TV premieres and um, they can kind of get lost in the mix. Like Mm -hmm. with Kit Harington, who plays Jon Snow, his new show that dropped 
right around Christmas. It dropped like the same time as, I don't know. Well, first off, it was like two days before Christmas. And then something else dropped that was big, like right around the same time. And people just kind of forgot about it. Like, see, I can't even think about the name. But it oh, got I didn't really even good know reviews. what happened. See, that's, yeah. So, and I love him. And I, I had no idea he had a new show. Yeah, it's on HBO. And it, it was like a mini series thing. It was, I, I think it was like six episodes or something. It's a, it's a period piece, murder, mystery type deal. But again, you know, you don't know. So I think a summer, a summer deal would be rad. Yeah, I think it would be, I don't know. I just feel like they should spread out their shows a little more. Mm-hmm. Give us Roswell early. That's basically like the bottom line here. CW is we want Roswell this summer. I don't know if that's like even possible. We don't make TV shows. We just watch them. We just yeah. watch them. <laughs> but I think it'd be a great summer show, and mm-hmm. I think that you know t- takes away some of the the heavy competition in the fall. Nobody wants to be on when This Is Us is on. Oh no, you can't. And oh, you just reminded me. I need to redact my statement from one of our first podcasts about parenthood because I was like, oh, I mean, it's fine. You know, I'm like in the middle of season two. Um. I've been watching it and I was like losing my shit last night watching the show. It's getting really good. So I'm sorry to any Parenthood fans I offended. I finally caught up to the parts I needed to catch up to. We accept your apology. I'm not a Parenthood watcher yet. I watched the first couple episodes, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll be right there with you. You you will love it. Big time. It's your jam, girl. As a parent. Yes, I love emotions. Oh, yeah. On my television. It's all the feels. It's so good. I have to watch that. Well, speaking of television, mm-hmm. um, I know we, we got a little crazy with our, our Roswelling, but there is some new casting news. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's show. get to the new casting news for Roswell. Roswell. Um, so the first one is Trevor St. John. And if you watched, I don't know if you watched it, Containment on the CW. We reviewed that it. One? I did not watch it, but I know we reviewed it. I read all the recaps. So it was on during something else that I was covering. So I didn't have a chance to watch it. Um, it looked cool. Very governmenty. So it's kind of his thing. Good casting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So according to Sci-Fi Wire, this guy, is, he's going to play, Trevor St. John's going to play Master Sergeant Jesse Maines. And he's going to inherit the burden of continuing on with the government's cover-up of the Roswell incident. So I don't know feels like he's going to have like this like strong silent heaviness going on which is cool which i like to see i like the secrets that they've already injected into the show before it even started and that just i didn't even read that part before we started talking so that just further confirms our suspicions not suspicions our predictions Mm -hmm. of the reimagining okay okay love it okay so I'm not sure if this character is in the books, so I haven't gotten to him if he is. And I feel like this is the next casting news. So I feel like because of where they are in their lives and the reimagining, it's going to be a little different. So okay. this character is Noah Bracken, and he's going to be played by Karen Oberai. Obero? Oberai? Either way, I love you. Okay. Sorry, I can't say your name correctly. But I will because you're going to be a big old star from Roswell. Yeah. Um, so he's married to Isabel. So Isabel is one of the alien, the three aliens that came in the Roswell, like, you know, the incident. So she is Max's sister. So he's going to be yep. playing Noah, who is married to Isabel. And he is 
described as charming, devoted husband whose relationship starts falling apart when he senses that his wife is keeping a secret from him. And that was in the tealmango.com. So read a little bit more about that. But he is adorable, um, picture-wise. And I can't wait to get to know him. Uh, Karina tweeted out something that he was hilarious. So Aww, fun. Stamp of approval from Karina is good enough for anyone. Yes. But yeah, I'm really excited. And it seems like the whole cast has really come together. And they're both series regulars, I believe. That's what the, the news item said. So okay. it looks like we'll be getting to know them even more. So does that mean that he is an alien or is the secret that she's keeping is the fact that she an alien? Well, she's an alien. So I'm going to say that he is just human awesomeness. Okay. Um, and that she didn't tell him, which like, whoa. How could you marry someone and not be like, BT-dubs, alien? BT-dubs, I can smell when you're lying. I can smell when (laughs) you're at the grocery store. I can smell you from anywhere. Um, And also your aura is like a periwinkle. Ah, yeah. You have to click on the thing so you can see. Oh, I've already been going through Google Images. He's he's a periwinkle for show. He is periwinkle. I, I completely agree. So I'm excited to see those guys kind of get into the mix and seeing more of a human side we've been so focused on the alien side and like even just like the human military side like he's just gonna be like dude he's gonna be the matt donovan (laughs) oh like the human we are still down for the crossover you guys need a detective that has dealt with some supernatural shit before and you need to bring someone you know just from the east coast mystic falls va Bring mm-hmm. him over there. He'll drop some wisdom on you guys. Oh, maybe he can be the the one who tells them that vampires are actually aliens from an ancient alien ship that landed somewhere. Matt Donovan has the information. I'd He's be a cool detective with, that. with a big heart and an awesome Jeep. <laughs> Zero family. Oh, hey, he can make new family in Roswell with those piercing baby blues. You know what his aura is? Perfect. And Perfect. everyone's going to love him there. Like they do everywhere. Oh, God. I completely support that casting. Mm-hmm. We should start some sort of campaign. Like, what would we send for Matt Donovan? Mm, tissue for sadness. <laughs> Maybe a book because he's lonely. Yeah, a book because he's lonely. Um, you know, we could send some different essential oil scents so he can kind of feel out what his scent would be. Get him really invested in the idea. <gasps> Matt Donovan would be sandalwood. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strong, but comforting. Or like a Cape Cod beach since they're closer to the East Coast. So he has like that fresh, strong smell of an ocean, but it also has a calming presence as well. A little bit of vulnerability. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Matt Donovan, Cape Side. Matt Donovan, Cape Side. <laughs> I love it. I'd wear it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, super fun. I'm not going to sleep for a very long time Yeah, now. you will. I was trying to distract you with the ocean smells of Matt Donovan. No, I have to watch Parent Trap. It's the only comfort I have. Brings me back to my childhood. Lindsay Lohan pre-breakdown is your comfort from Aliens? Um, excuse me. We go originals in this house. Thank you. Okay. I'll mm. see you, sister. No offense to the Lohan, because I do prefer Lohan's Freaky Friday to the original so like you know I'm not that much of a purist okay. I do like a little Lohan in my life but yeah we go old school parent trap here that's awesome 
Do your girls watch it with together. you? Oh, God, no. They run away from me. <laughs> what have you done, mother? No, no. <laughs> so is that what you're going to watch today because you need to, like, clear your mind? Yes, it soothes me. See, I don't have aliens to fix my, my aura or my emotional state. I have essential oils and parent trap. It's really, it's what does it for me. Hey, you do what you got to do. I get it. Hey. Hey. Um, well, I guess that's all we kind of have for the casting news and then all of our conspiracy theories ideas. I bet we could do another podcast on more theories based on there. There have been a plethora of books published with different conspiracy theories on Roswell. So there's a ton of stuff out there. And I am, I'm just really excited. I love this alien stuff. I'm, I'm very proud of you for talking about the alien stuff, even though it scares you. You know this is my jam. You're welcome. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the, the knowledge and the terror. I love it. You're welcome. You need to be prepared for the invasion. Oh, my God. Because I'm pretty sure they don't get streaming or have DVDs on alien ships, so you can't watch the parent drop. I don't know what I'm going to do then. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's how she died. Well, well, I don't know. Since you do like a little bit of Lohan, what if she gets captured too and she could do like reenactments for you in the I feel like she would really like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she would be on board for for a live read. Mm -hmm. Doesn't she have um, like a Russian accent now or something? Oh my God. So Lindsay Lohan could do the British version, like the original, with her new accent. Mm -hmm. There you go. We've we've solved it. She had an okay British accent in the reboot. Kind of. Yeah, when she was herself, her twin. Mm-hmm. I stamp it. Approved. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, I, I mean, do we have anything else? Is that good? Is that solid enough for people to marinate on until the next podcast? I mean, if you're marinating in terror, I think yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Um, well, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you check out all of our other amazing podcasts uh, with a bunch of the new sci-fi shows that have just premiered. Brad and Court Talk are back and recording. Um, actually, I don't ever think they really took a break. I just am really excited about their Krypton coverage because I really enjoy that show. Speaking of aliens. See, you could have an alien like Superman. That should make you excited and feel like super comforted. Yeah, that's true. He's not too terrible. No. Except for when, you know, like he gets any crypt- Kryptonian elements around him and he like wigs the F out and destroys the planet. But, you know, whatevs. We comfort. all have our flaws. Um, <laughs> we all have our flaws. But check out Brad and Court Talk. Homicide. Yes. We'll be doing some more Marvel podcasts coming up soon. We have a really cool theory with one of our new writers, Mike Bonney, Meg's other half. He's Bay. He's so bae, and he has a really cool Captain Marvel theory. So for all of you Marvel lovers, we will have that out soon. Of course, we'll be covering the Avengers when that comes out in a couple weeks. And I think those are all the podcasts right now. They are. And then if you are also, if you enjoy things falling from the sky that are not aliens, such as as me, um, The 100 debuts very shortly. I think it's just in a few weeks now, so... Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for that coverage as well. Oh, and the originals. The originals is coming out in a couple weeks. Final season. The original aliens, the vampires. The vampires. That is coming out um, as well. So if you are a fan of Karina, um, which is probably why you're listening to this, uh, you're pumped about that too. And I'll be covering that. Yay. 
Yay. I missed you. We had an Easter break, and I just want to say I missed talking all of this scary nonsense with you. Me too. It was – I cooked a dinner for Eric's side of the family and my side of the family. It was fine. I'm fine. Um, I drank. Fine. I drank a lot. I'm not a cook. Like, I, I, I guess I kind of am, but it was just – and I shouldn't say I cooked it. Eric is in a fabulous chef, and he helped a lot. Like, we prepped a lot of it the night before, but I was just kind of parked in the kitchen with – a bottle of wine selfishly because I just kind of wanted to like drink and be alone and talk about stuff with my mom but you know whatever that's that sounds great to me yeah we hosted too but I usually end up running around with children Mm -hmm. and then Mike Mike dressed up as the Easter Bunny because he's the best what visited all the children dad win for sure dad win for sure you too takes one (laughs) all right guys well um we will be back recording with another one hopefully next week and we will catch you next time